Today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, there's no better way to end a rivalry than a well-placed gimmick match. But which specialty bouts just bite? We're hitting you with wrestling's worst gimmick matches. This might be a long one, Mike, because there's a lot of stinkers. We'll try to get to all of them. Plus, Brian, the fallout to your ROH revelation, then your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 147, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now, he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is the kingpin. He is the bouncer. He is ROH's own Brian Malonis. Wow, you, you added to it this week. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more accolades. You do have a lot more accolades. And you got accolades all week long. I got accolades up the yin yang. <laughs> you do. Uh, yeah, we announced it. I mean, you announced it on this podcast, which was released on Monday, that you are now uh, under a contract with ROH. I, I saw that Ring of Honor announced it when I was looking at the dirt sheets, Mike. Oh, boy. Don't get me started. Oh, what, do you, what are you saying? You're saying the dirt sheets are uh, inaccurate? Is the that- dirtiest of dirt sheets, the one I looked at, which what was what was it? Uh, I think it was 411 Mania or something like that. I don't know. You sent me some one that was in Spanish. I'm like, oh, what? That was the best one <laughs> until the Fightful.com one came out. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do with this? I don't speak Spanish. But you see, you know, they talked about the wrestling podcast about nothing. They showed the tweet that I made and all this stuff. But yeah, the first one that came out was Ring of Honor announced that Brian Miller's a no, Ring of Honor didn't announce that. We <laughs> announced it. You're very upset that you, you broke the news. You, you're, you beat me to the punch. You went on two. I did. <laughs> I did. So, yes, uh, I tweeted it out Tuesday morning. It gave people a day to listen to the podcast. Tuesday morning it went out, and it blew up big time, didn't it? Yeah, my phone was going crazy. I still think there's some uh, responses out there that I haven't seen yet because they did like the quote the tweet retweet type thing instead of responding so uh if i haven't responded to you just know that thank you i am grateful very appreciative like text messages facebook messenger twitter twitter messenger tweets facebook messages just overwhelming thank you to everybody uh, i was really i really was overwhelmed by the response like i figured that people would have a reaction but i wasn't quite expecting the amount of people uh, that that did reach out to me, uh, not just via Twitter, but like personally as well. So uh, you know, thank you, and and hopefully I can make you proud. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even beyond the people that know you and know the you know the long journey you've been on, people just watching the video we posted a video. You actually took a video of the moment that you signed the contract as we put up on Twitter on Tuesday morning. So people that just watched that didn't know your whole history, but know, you know, you talked about 17 years that found that inspiring and uh, it really lifted some other people up. They might not even be fans of yours at the time. 
Yeah, I mean, I think even, you know, you're a dad now, so you, you look for moments to inspire your children maybe someday, and it's mm-hmm. just never give up on your dreams, you know, and, and I did at different times. I didn't take my own advice right. uh, at different times, but, um, you know, if you work at something, it's just proof that, uh, you know, you can make your dreams happen, you can make your dreams come true, and I'm very fortunate to be sitting here today, you know, having that contract and, and being able to... Uh, you know, it's Friday night here, and I'm gonna get up in about six hours <laughs> and go <laughs> go to the airport and hop on an airplane to go fulfill obligations of this contract now. But there's nothing I'd rather be doing. It's it's very exciting, and uh, the lesson of the day is never give up on your dreams. I think when you think about um, the journey I've had, and then you think of some of our friends who have had similar journeys. When I think of Warbeard Hanson, when I think of Tommaso Ciampa um, and all the trials and tribulations they went through to get to their point. I think it's just if we got nothing else out of the Chaotic Training Center, which we got a lot from, I'm not saying we didn't get anything else. Uh, we all got perseverance <laughs> from, <laughs> from from that place. And uh, uh, yeah, I just couldn't be any more thankful and any more happy. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, imagine if 10 years sooner this had happened. I mean, it took so long for wrestling as a whole to understand that you need pro wrestlers to do pro wrestling so, to, like <laughs> these guys toiling well, not, the no, not, not wrestling wwe okay <laughs> i mean it's you know right, it's, it all trickles down from there yeah i i but i mean ring of honor existed and gave guys chances and there were other companies to it i mean uh, tna slash impact wrestling was another company that's been around for a long time now weird to think that they've been around longer than ring of honor and tna have both been around longer than than WCW was. Yeah. Um, so it's weird. Silly. Yeah, it's weird to think about. Um, but they were companies that were giving different sorts of guys opportunities long ago. I think they were ahead of the curve. And WWE finally getting with the times of realizing that everybody doesn't have to be cookie cutter. Everybody doesn't have to fit into a little square box. Uh, there's room for all sorts of looks and body types and, you know, ethnicities. And you don't have to be somebody's kid. And you don't have to have played in the NFL, you know? And I want to talk about the indies here. And we do want to make sure that people know there was some confusion online. You had did mention it, but let's mention it again. You can work independent dates. You are not an exclusive ROH talent. Right, yeah. I probably should put it out there on social media too. But I think in the excitement, I kind of lost sight of that. Uh, yeah, I can. I'm, I'm very fortunate enough. I can work independents. And in addition to my Ring of Honor dates, obviously, Ring of Honor has to take priority. And if there is a Ring of Honor date, uh, I am not going to be able to be on an independent show that night. But yeah, I am able to to take uh, independent bookings all throughout the United States, all over the world. So I am available for bookings still. You know, uh, just, yeah, I'm not exclusive. You know, that's ultimately the goal. But I think this is a great spot because I still, you know, I get the, uh, you know, uh, I'm with Ring of Honor. I'm going to be on their shows going forward uh, and be a part of Ring of Honor Wrestling as I have been for the last couple of years. Uh, but I also still get to go to new places, to familiar places. So it, it, it's, I can kind of have my cake and eat it too. Burn the candle on both ends, right? Is that that one too? Let's get all the cliches out. <laughs> I don't know if that fits. I mean, I am burning the candle at both ends at this point in my life, but you know. <laughs> and also, someone on Facebook in this whole confusion asked if Astromania was still on. Is oh, Astromania really? still happening? Yes, yes, of course, Astromania <laughs> is still it's still happening. I mean, the confusion with the ROH contract. People 
want to figure this stuff out. And yes, Astromania is happening. And, and let it be known that the other night, you know, not, I was going to say penthouse to the outhouse, but that's that's not the case. But no matter where where you are in the pro wrestling business, never be too big to go. I went and postered on, I don't know, Tuesday night or something. So here I am signing my Ring of Honor contract. And that day we announce it. And that night I'm out uh, hanging posters for Astromania. Perfect. And also... It was overshadowed a bit by the big announcement, Brian, but actually near the end of last week's episode, you revealed the main event for Astromania in Derry, New Hampshire on March 30th, right? Right. One well, one half of what will be a double main event, but yes, I did. It's going to be the Bouncers, Ring of Honors, the Bouncers, <laughs> the Beer City Bruiser, and myself, Brian Malonis, taking on uh, a tag team that... I think, has never rightfully gotten their due. Two guys who, if they wanted to, could have jobs in wrestling today. They're that freaking good. And maybe the best tag team in the history of New England independent wrestling, the Logan Brothers, um, the 47-time Chaotic Wrestling Tag Team Champions. <laughs> yeah, at definitely point. Chaotic's best tag team ever. Yeah, I mean, they are just they're, – they're unbelievable. And two guys who we talked about uh, – undiscovered talent of new england or guys who are overlooked i mean they're at the top of the list just two guys who i mean remember when we used to go to tvs and for some inexplicable reason not i mean not some inexplicable reason but uh, the logan brothers were the ones people always asked us about whenever yeah. we, we oh are you guys from Caddick wrestling oh is that where the logan brothers are from they're like yes right <laughs> like, so i mean i'm excited uh the bouncers versus the logan brothers it's going to be a great match we're going to tear the house down I, I can't wait for it and that is saturday march 30th saturday night march the 30th 7 p.m bell time astromania lsw.com for tickets floor seats have started to pick up so if you want to get in on this you want to get good floor seats uh, you know, get in, buying your tickets ahead of time, get you early, early entry. If not, you have to wait out. It's March. You might be waiting in the cold. The uh, the folks who have their tickets ahead of time are going to be let in 30 minutes early. And bringing wrestling back to New Hampshire. Great ticket, great value. So get them now. AstroMiniLSW.com. Yeah. Lots, lots of New Hampshire talent, too. Cam Zagami, Johnny Vegas, Vern Vicalo, myself, Todd Sopel, who's a graduate of uh, Pinkerton Academy. <laughs> My brother-in-law, Bryce Clayton, Brandon Paquin. Oh, he's making the trip. Yes, he's he's uh, you know he's coming back to be on the show. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing a couple. Uh, uh, Sydney Bacabella, New Hampshire guy, going to be on the event. So lots of New Hampshire talent. Uh, it's going to be an awesome night. And speaking of the independence, Brian, you mentioned this when we were talking about it last week. How I talked about uh, you know things are going great for the independence with all these people picking up contracts and you kind of came back at me with maybe the independents aren't looking so great because the fact that all these talents are getting scooped up with the you know the more mainstream companies i want to talk a little bit more about that how do you feel i mean you obviously we just talked about it you're still going to independent shows even though you are a contracted ring of honor wrestler now you think that the independents are really starting to feel it yeah, I mean, I think I think they can't help but feel it. I mean, WWE scooping up everybody, AEW apparently is signing everybody, and I think once they get going, those guys will be, for the most part, uh, exclusive exclusive talent. Ring of Honor has scooped up a lot of guys, but and even guys who aren't exclusive to Ring of Honor um, are going to 
be available for less and less dates. You think of a company like Evolve, where they are they are an indie, but I mean they're taking guys away from like the local indies. They're a national, I think, independent company, so they've taken guys away from local events when when they run. So it's, I mean, to, I guess to say it's drying up is not fair. It's just creating opportunities for other guys to step up and get noticed. And who's going to be the next guys to step up and be the kings of the indies? I guess like who's going to be the next Joey Janela or or MJF or whoever i'm not thinking about right now josh briggs you know uh though josh is still out there you know working a ton of he's all over the place man he's everywhere but who's going to be those next guys to really step up to the plate and get noticed i guess maybe i misspoke uh it's great for independent wrestlers but for independent wrestling i mean there could be some lean times before things build back up again but they definitely will even if you know things go down for a little bit as they regroup and find new talent and build up new guys i mean it's going to be perhaps a little bit of a gully there but it's going to shoot back up because i mean independent talent is always it's always out there and the talent pool is always being refreshed yeah i mean i I think we we've talked about it before but just thinking about like what a Beyond Wrestling show looked like a few years ago, you know, when I started with them, I mean, literally, I was on a card that included Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, Donovan Dijak, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Chris Hero, uh, Heidi Loveless, who is Ruby Riot in WWE. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a, a couple of more guys. At this it might point. have been a little before your time, but Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Yeah, I mean, they booked the Young Bucks and Kevin Steen. But I mean, I'm talking about just in the last couple of years, I was on a show that had every single one of those guys on it. Brian Cage, Jordan Grace, who's with Impact Wrestling, like Jonathan Gresham, who who is in Ring of Honor, Zack Sabre Jr. All those people were like on the same show. Like, it, so you think about... You think about that, where all those people are now, like it's it's mind blowing. And we talked about Beyond Wrestling last week. Drew Cadero is kind of lamenting the fact that all these guys are being signed up, but I mean that's kind of Beyond Wrestling's calling card is the fact that they dig deep, they find these local independent guys from around the country, bring them all to one place, bring them all together. He's had to do this refresh a number of times already. It's just another time he's gonna have to do it again. He definitely talks about it. <laughs> I don't think he's very fond of it right now. Uh, but I will say, I do know Drew is super fired up about Uncharted Territory, the weekly series that, that Beyond Wrestling is going to be doing. He is super fired up about that. He is fired up to change kind of the landscape of independent wrestling and how it's presented. And um, I think he's kind of going into something that's a little bit, you know, uh, it's uncharted territory. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, you know, good luck to him. And um, I, I still definitely still consider myself part of the Beyond Wrestling family and hopefully be returning there at some point in the future in some capacity. So um, You can't be on those uncharted territory shows. I cannot, no. Uh, I, no unfortunately, I cannot. Um, not unfortunately. I'm very fortunate to be in Ring of Honor. I'm really excited for Beyond. I really hope they're successful. Drew was one of the first guys I reached out to when I did sign and to tell him and to think thank him and and we agreed that we still want to find a way to work together so uh some capacity i'll find a way to still be a part of beyond wrestling because it's been an important part of my journey the last few years very interesting i look forward to see what happens with that so you are heading down to florida we are recording friday nights so saturday and sunday you will be in lakeland and bienvenido by miami yes right you can watch uh, the Miami show on ROHWrestling.com. Yes. Honor Club. Yeah, we'll stream live on Honor Club. You're, you're doing all my uh, 
<laughs> all my bookings now. I don't know what I'm going to talk about later. But yeah, you can. Uh, well, I mean, you will have already watched it at this point. Hopefully, of course, the, you watch the replay. Yeah, the Miami show. Uh, but yeah, any Ring of Honor streams all of their all their non TV events or non-pay-per-view events on honor club so it's really a cool thing um at ring of honor there are no like dark matches or whatever anymore there are you know there are no house shows anymore everything is for consumption and for everybody now so it's a really cool concept and it's a really cool way of, of doing business because it's changed the way that they book things essentially so something else that's for mass consumption consumers should go to BrianMalonis.com, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get those Twitter followers up. I did a tweet last week. Uh, so if you can go find, and I, what I should do is pin it to, I always try to pin the wrestling podcast, but nothing to the, my Twitter, but maybe, maybe I'll pin this one. And I'm looking to get my followers up, Mike. So uh, I, don't, I haven't set a time limit yet on this because I really want to do it. But once I get the 3,000 followers, anybody who retweets that tweet, I'll throw you into a drawing. Win one T-shirt. If I get to four thousand, I'll give away two T-shirts. If I get to five thousand followers, I'll give away five T-shirts. All from BrianMalonis.com. Not the WPAN shirt, right? I'll, I'll let them choose what <laughs> what shirt they they would like. If they so choose the WPAN T-shirt, great. And people are buying that shirt up now. Uh, nope, <laughs> no, no, they're not, Mike. Curtain jerker WPAN shirt available on BrianMalonis.com through Pro Wrestling Tees. Really, go get yourself a shirt. It's a good looking design. It uh, so say you. It looks great. <laughs> Everybody loves it. So get one, and then Brian Malonis, perhaps I don't know. Is the time up on what your offer? No, no, we're keeping it going. I haven't set a time on it yet, so I'll probably do another tweet in the in the coming days. To uh, or maybe not. That's not fair. I'll do the original tweet. I'll pin it. And then and then have people share it. I want to get my followers up. I want to I want to get that damn blue check mark, Mike. So I was gonna say, is that in the contract? <laughs> it should be right as the soon as you get the ROH mark. contract. The Bruiser has the blue check mark. I think it's coming. Hopefully, if you got that ROH contract. I only got twenty eight hundred followers. So right. I just you know it's my own damn fault. I'm not active enough on social media. So I'll try to be uh, I'll try to be more interactive on on Twitter and Facebook and all those things, uh, other than just taunting. Patriots fans? Sports fans that don't like the same things I do. Oh, do you want to talk about the game, by the way? Nope. You sure? Positive. It's excitement. Nope. Excitement personified that game. It was the shits. Come on. all aspects of it. Defensive uh, masterpiece. Was it? No. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. I I had somebody mad at me because I said it was a boring game. They told me I was hating on the Patriots. I'm like, because I thought a 13-3 football game was boring. Apparently, that's hating. All the haters out there. (laughs) <laughs> what is okay before we move on to the rest of the plugs and the rest of the show you had a, a tweet or a facebook post or something like that where you said something about the term haters yeah. correct yeah i said something along the lines of grown men using the term hater is sad or something like that or embarrassing i think i said uh really i should have just said grown people using the word hater is embarrassing when i think of the word hater i think of like some freaking 14 year old juvenile delinquent on like Ginny Jones or Maury Povich or something, you know, like they're on there swearing and they're pregnant and they're whatever, they're dealing drugs and they're like, oh, y'all haters, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's, you know, and they have the stupid high hater shirt on, you know. That, oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that dumb Probably sell stuff. some of those. Put the WPA logo on so that I'm thing. I'm sorry. If, that, if that's part of your language, I'm, I'm sorry. I think it's a silly word. I think once you get those followers up, maybe you'll understand what the term hater is all about. No, I mean I, I get I get what it is, but you know, I'm a grown up and I don't I don't speak like that. Drinking the hater aid. 
All right, the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. That is our website, our hub, our home base for everything wrestling podcast about nothing. And you can listen right there through the website. The posts go up every week with new episodes. You can find ways to subscribe, all the usual podcast outlets, including iHeartRadio and Spotify. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe so it gets delivered directly to your phone each and every Monday. Social media. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms, but you can find the links on the WPAN.com, plus bios, plus photos, no nudes, but just about everything else you could want from the wrestling podcast about nothing at the WPAN.com. Yeah, you missed your opportunity now, Mike. I can't do nudes now. I'm a contracted uh, wrestler to Ring of Honor. I, I can't be, they can't be having nudes out there. You missed your chance to put them up. There was a nudity clause in the contract? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> you, you just, I just signed that thing. Yeah, I, didn't, just, I didn't read it. I, I saw. You just took the last page, yeah, opened I, it, and signed it, and I that was no, it. I have no idea what it said. I don't, even, I don't even know how much I'm being paid. Can we do this podcast? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that was a question, too. I mean, we can still do the wrestling podcast about nothing together. Yes, and I did read the contract, and I did have a lawyer read the contract. I'm not a fool. You had a lawyer? Yeah. All right. Wow. I'm a big deal. You are a big deal. <laughs> I'm going to start having a, we're going to have like a third party that, uh, you know, uh, that I only communicate to you through, you know, so. Might need to do that. <laughs> well, that's more on your part, though. You Communication just, skills are just, lacking. Y- on your part. You oh. just ignore my text messages for hours at a time. You know, one of us has to go catch a flight in the morning. One of us is going to just have a lovely day with his family. One of us has to get up at 345, you know, to go to the airport. All right, we got to move on with the podcast then so we can get you to Betty Bye, Brian. Right, right, yeah. We won't talk about how much of an inconsiderate bastard you are. Oh, buddy. <laughs> now, Brian, you're doing the Ring of Honor. Have you had a gimmick match yet with ROH? You were part of a gimmick match, weren't you? Recently? Uh, yeah, I went through a table. <laughs> My fat ass got thrown through a table. For the uh, Silas Young bruiser match that they had? Yeah, did you see that? Of course you didn't see it. No, I didn't. It's a pretty devastating bump. Was it? <laughs> yes. You were uh, smarting after? No, I mean, no, I was fine, like, physically. It just looks like death. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I'll have to check that out. Is it on YouTube? Can I find a quick clip? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure, you can. I'm sure there's a gif of it somewhere. Like, the only thing that sucked about that was it wasn't even, like, the bump. It was the uh, the leg of the table, like, hit me in the back of the head Oh, as I landed. So that, that sucked a little bit. But Juice? No. No, no, no that's fine. Damn it. No. I wrestled right. Juice Robinson before. There you go. And this coming weekend... Yes. Or which it's already happened. Yeah, last night. So gimmick matches, Brian. I mean, I talked about the opening of the show. It used to be that you got to a point in a feud where you had to end it, find a way to really put an exclamation point on this thing, to really settle the score. And the way you would do that was through a specialty match, a gimmick match. I mean, now they have pay-per-views named after the gimmick matches, and you don't have a match that needs a gimmick. You have a gimmick that needs a match. Yeah, yeah, and they, like, shoehorn, you know, whatever the feud is into whatever the gimmick match is. Yeah, it's uh, it's completely kind of flipped at this point. When you think of, like, some of the original sort of gimmick matches, I mean, I think the cage match is the probably the most common or the one people think about and how that's evolved over the years but i mean the original intent of a cage was keep people in keep people out like so you would do something that would build up to some reason you need to keep somebody in the cage or some reason you need to keep somebody out of the cage it's very simple storytelling and maybe that should be on the worst gimmick matches just the fact that the steel cage match has been bastardized to the point where 
you know that it's not going to be a clean win. Someone's going to climb over the cage. Someone's going to climb out of the cage. <laughs> someone's going to walk in the door, come out the door. Someone's going to be hit with the door. It's just, uh, it's gone nuts. So you can't just have a clean ending to a feud, even in a steel cage match. You know, the funny thing is, and it's something that's evolved for me over the years, we grew up on WWF, and they had the the cage matches where you one could win by escaping. Which, when you think about it, is completely absurd. Like, it's like running, you're running from your opponent or something. And so I grew up, and that was like that to me. That was the rules of a cage match. And why would you not be allowed to escape? And now I think about it, it's like, I hate that rule. Like, cage match should finish in the ring. Should be a pin or a submission in the ring. And we're going to talk about nonsensical rules in this this show today. Because we are talking about the worst gimmick matches there are a lot of things that are way too complicated just for the sake of being complicated and just keep it simple stupid that's the name of the game with a lot of this stuff so let's talk about a steel cage let's talk about a steel cage with another cage over it brian what's even better than a steel cage a second cage (laughs) they're talking like over it or on top of it on top of it or over it just surrounding it okay and then you put dogs in there. <laughs> what do you you're think? going to this one early. Yeah, because you, you mentioned the steel cage, so why not just get right to it? Yeah, we, I mean, we have broken down this match in a little more detail previously. Well, you did. Or or did I? Or maybe it was just me. It was you and the guys from OVP. Yes, maybe, yeah. So yes, you didn't get to talk about this. Yeah, one. the Kennel from Hell match. Yes. Just about the worst concept. Well, maybe not looking at my list here, but a pretty <laughs> terrible concept. I mean, to make this really work, you need rabid dogs. <laughs> you need dogs that haven't eaten in three weeks, that, you know, they're shot up with steroids. Who knows what the hell else? You need, like, really, like, killer mutts. I figured just telling them about how the boss man fed Al Snow Pepper would get them fired up enough, no? I mean, they barked for a couple seconds, but that was about it. Then they just started shitting and stuff. At least they weren't humping each other. No. Well, I think they were. Were they? I think so. Goodness. I don't think it was caught on camera, but uh, I have it on good authority. (laughs) They were humping? Yes. Some humping going on. (laughs) I don't see nothing wrong with a little bumping ground. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody humping around, Kingpin. Ain't nobody humping around. Uh, So, yeah, this one was a one and done, obviously. I mean, it was done specifically for the Big Moss Man, Al Snow feud over the dog Pepper, and it was... I think it was with you, because we talked, didn't we talk about the dude who just ate shit running out down the aisle with his dog at the end? Yes, <laughs> we, we did talk about this. So this wasn't one of the three most terrible no, matches. But just, this was a mess just from the start, from concept to... Uh, execution yeah just uh and he actually felt bad for felt bad for the dogs i felt bad for al snow and the boss man uh, i mean uh, i was gonna say you know making chicken salad from chicken shit but i guess chicken salad trying to make chicken salad out of dog shit and it doesn't work yeah it was <laughs> brutal and thankfully never done again but brian what do you have on your list in terms of gimmick matches that are terrible I'm going to go with one, and I guess it's kind of like a Jim Crockett promotions like specialty, but it's one that they're not entertaining to watch. They are insanely dangerous for the competitors. And I'm talking about a scaffold match. Yes, on my list. Like, just uh, like it, it, you can't do anything on it. A little kicking and punching, but ultimately, the guys are so goddamn terrified because 
they really could fall. This is really unsafe. Like, there's, it's terrible. Yeah, and it's a, always a little rickety stage that they're kind of, yeah, they're they're tiptoeing across, trying not to shake it so much that they, like you said, fall off, you know, at the wrong time. But the, the yeah, the whole point of it is to have a guy fall off, and famously. Jim Cornette was uh, the manager for, I think it was called Night of the Skywalkers. Uh, I think it was Starcade. And Jim Cornette didn't even come off the top of the scaffold. He was underneath hanging on and fell to the canvas. I think Big Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers, your dad, was supposed to catch him, <laughs> but uh, failed to. So he landed like feet first and kind of the feet slid out from under him. I think he fucked up both of his knees pretty uh pretty badly well you know not in the best of physical condition at that time he was a thinner man i don't think he was ever uh no but i think he was like an athletic you know like a guy who you know that that can be that's gonna be dangerous for a guy who looked like you know road warrior hawk you know what i mean like yeah the scaffold match i agree just uh very little excitement i remember they did one in ecw called high incident I only know that because it was in the commercial that they showed. I think it was Extreme Warfare Volume 2. This is high incident, as Joey Styles would say in the voiceover. But uh, it was a scaffold over the ring, and the entire ring was filled with tables. Okay. So if you fell seen, off. Yeah, I think I've seen like clips of this before. Was it was New Jack in it, and he intentionally threw somebody off it and like tried to was it vic grimes maybe no that was something, something different, different. That, that wasn't in the ring that was like there was some sort of scaffold or something else that was uh in the crowd ah gotcha but this was uh tommy dreamer and i think primetime brian lee well i'm sure it stunk it did because it's just I, I don't know again there's you're just so limited it's not like you can have an athletic contest up there and do athletic things it's just it's terrible. I can't believe they did it. It's something they did multiple times. <laughs> yeah. How about this match, Brian? I might need your help here because I don't even know really what this is. A coal miner's glove match. <laughs> also on my list, Mike. And this is famously from the spin the wheel, make the deal, you know, that sort of pay-per-view from, from was it WCW yet at that time? I think it was Halloween Havoc. It was Sting versus Jake the Snake Roberts, and they had this really impressive-looking wheel. It kind of looked like a saw blade, and all these wonderful matches. Steel Cage, First Blood, all this stuff on this wheel, and they spun it at the pay-per-view. Coal Miner's Glove. Yeah, are they thinking like, I mean, I, I guess it's maybe in the area they were doing it, coal mining is a thing, but does like, you know, like, the average person know what goes into like a coal miner's glove <laughs> like i i don't know is is a coal miner's glove notoriously like heavy or loaded or like like why a coal miner's glove why the hell are you asking me i, don't I yeah i don't know what a coal miner's glove is i think i mean is it does it have that mesh the steel mesh a coal miner's glove is a big, heavy leather glove similar to a welder's glove. It has a band of metal wrapped around the knuckle area. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Okay. I mean, here's the rules of the match, Mike, yes, or, or the please. stipulations. The glove hangs atop one of the ring posts about 10 feet high. The first participant to gain possession of the glove gets to use it on his opponent, and with that, usually comes the win. A pinfall is still needed to win, but after the use of the glove. So if you get the glove, you can use the glove. And this kind of leads me right into another one of my gimmick matches. Sorry to uh, jump in here, can't pin two in a row, but 
Anything on a pole fucking stinks. <laughs> what do you mean, Judy Bagwell on a pole? <laughs> I didn't even see that. I think I checked out in WCW at that time. But yeah, it nobody, sounds... Nobody saw it. Yeah, it sounds terrible. It is terrible. Anything on a pole because, I mean... You don't have to be the one to get it. Like, it's not an automatic DQ if the other guy gets it and uses it, so... No, because, the, yeah, the heel always ends up getting it and doing something with it, and... Yeah, it stinks. It's awful, and then... So there's no real benefit to other than unless you end the match with one blow of whatever's up there, a coal miner's glove, a Singapore cane, a... Uh, whatever. Yeah, it stinks. <laughs> I mean, watch, watching these guys climb up to get something and pretend like they can't reach it is silly... You know, to go right along, right along here, Mike. Let's just keep on the same train because okay. another one I have on there are flag matches. Ah, dumb! Like, so you just get the flag and wave it, and you win. Like, how does that? Like, I don't know. There are like, different types of flag matches. I think there's like the coward waves the flag match, which is you know you just have a match and. Each guy is representing a country, and the winner of the match makes the loser wave his flag. That's one way to do it. I know in chaotic wrestling there was a flag match. Yeah, we should ask. We should ask Kofi Kingston about uh, <laughs> <laughs> about a flag match. Yeah, I think that is on his DVD, if I'm not mistaken, or on one of the DVDs yeah, for it's chaotic, chaotic wrestling. wrestling DVD. Yeah. So uh, the flag of Jamaica, which he represented, and then of course the flag of the USA, which well, Andrew Riker represented. Everybody knew knows that the. There's a long-standing feud between the nations of Jamaica and the United States. Of course. I mean, come on. <laughs> and the uh, flag was mounted to the ring post on each side. I think the first turnbuckle spot of the match, the flag just fell onto the ground. <laughs> and I think Mike Mongoose, a uh, listener to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, was the referee for that match. He ran mightily and quickly, grabbed the flag, and put it back in position. Well, Kofi and Andrew Riker weren't the only ones to have a stinker of a flag match because the vast majority of them are terrible. Yeah, there's so many different rules and, I mean, yeah, flag match. You know, there's, there's a type of match here, Mike, that I want to get to, and it's not, it's not, and, and I want to get to it now uh, because it's not a, comp we're going to get to some really outrageous and silly shit, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's it's one that's actually a pretty common one and one that maybe people aren't expecting to hear on this list. And for me, I, I absolutely hate it. Last man standing matches. Hate them. Okay. It's such... You could have this barn burner of a match, and the finish is always just completely anticlimactic. It's essentially the same thing as a countout. You know, you've rendered your opponent... like. It's just it's it's a count out finish. It's a, it's a ten. When you when I think of wrestling, it's the one, two, three, or it's a tap out. It's it's things that are quick and exciting. To me, there's nothing exciting about like you beat the stun out of this guy and then the referee's got to count to ten. I can see that. I mean, there's ways to make it a little more exciting. The guy starts to come up, and you know, you oh, is he gonna get up? The rocky finish, which you've seen right a million times at Where this. Both point. guys end up out. Uh, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Maybe the, the, I think the, the best last man standing match I personally remember is um, John Cena versus Umaga, where he like choked him out with the with the rope, and like that was as exciting as you'd probably see of a last man standing match. But I just hate it because it just feels like such a anticlimactic finish to something where two guys just beat the absolute tar out of each other. Wasn't there another one where John Cena was either tied up or he tied someone else up? I, I seem to recall was it. Why am I thinking Batista? I don't think no. Those two guys wouldn't be in the same ring together. But he was his legs are around the 
post and his legs were taped. I don't even know. I don't know, buddy. All right, let's just move <laughs> on. <laughs> Forget it. I mean, you're talking about a pretty famous specialty match that people seem to enjoy these days. Another modern gimmick match that I really don't enjoy, a tables match. Really? Yeah, because bookers do a gimmick match like a tables match to not have someone be pinned. This is true. They think that they can get away with just putting someone through a table and it doesn't count. The, that happened That happened with me <laughs> when, when I feuded with Chase Del Monte in Chaotic Wrestling. It was didn't want to pin me, so we did a tables match and I lost. Yeah, I mean, okay. It killed if, my campaign. <laughs> it took kill your campaign. But, I mean, if the point is, okay, we can do this match and it won't hurt anybody's credibility to have this guy go through a table, then there's no point to the match. Don't do a tables match. It's not going to advance anything. I mean, people love chanting, get the tables or whatever the fuck, chanting on tables. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, no one gets over in a tables match. All right. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting take. I mean, it, it is a popular match and people do love tables. And for some inexplicable reason, there's always tables underneath the ring. And trash cans. <laughs> yes. And kendo sticks. Yeah. And sledgehammers. Well, occasionally. <laughs> Once or twice a year, Brian, yes. on the sledgehammer. <laughs> All right. Is it, my, is it my turn, Mike? I think so. All right. So, we, boy, we've been through we've been through a lot here, and, and, and my list is starting to dwindle down. But here, here's one match that I think is, is really silly. I, I think they started out as a match for two, like, kind of non-wrestling, like, you know, like managers or something, men to fight. And then it kind of evolved into a uh, show some TNA sort of, and I don't mean TNA, I mean T and A yes, um, yes. sort of match. And that's like the tuxedo slash evening gown match. Just requires you to rip your opponent's clothes off. It reminds me of a promo about nothing from a couple of months ago where wrestlers from Australia, the women, cutting a promo for some reason knocked the girl over and she took a terrible bump and then <laughs> ripped her clothes off yeah yeah i mean i guess it's a, it's supposed to be embarrassing but i mean i don't know like i, I mean the i think i think in when you think of like the 80s or something and it's maybe the uh the heel loses and they got pink underwear on and yeah that sort of thing and they're running down the aisle and then, then it evolved into the the evening gown matches which was just a way to get people thinking maybe you're going to see a boob on on national tv and i I don't know they were just trash garbage matches just stupid waste of time and i think that uh, you're not going to see many more of those these days in modern wrestling tuxedo i think a tuxedo match you could potentially see i guess but you'll never see a an evening gown match again for sure all right let's get wacky kingpin oh boy let's get wacky let's take a very simple match with simple rules and let's turn it on its head and make it really dumb. How about the reverse battle royal? <laughs> All right. This match concept stinks. I mean, a battle royal, people have their opinions on a battle royal. Some people hate battle royals. Some people are okay with them. But the reverse battle royal, the rules of this is everyone starts on the floor. And then to get in the match, you have to get in the ring and it's people keeping you from getting in the ring right have you participated in one of these thank, ever thank god no and I, ironically i think that's the was kind of like the original concept of the royal rumble was some sort of reverse battle royal and this match brian was done 
way more frequently than it should have been in TNA. They did this battle royal a number of times. And what would happen is everyone starts on the floor and the goal is to get half of the people in the ring. So say you got 30 guys all on the floor outside of the professional wrestling ring. The goal is to get in the ring to be a part of the actual phase two. Uh, Phase two. <laughs> Don't mean to encroach your territory there, Brian. But to get into phase two of the match where a second battle royal will take place in normal rules. So I don't know how you do this and get half of them in the ring and then stop. How does that work? I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I, I'm just reading this, the rules here. They, they start, they battle for half of them to get in the ring, at which point a standard last person standing. Weren't you the guy wins. like for two different episodes of this podcast trying to tell me how great TNA was? <laughs> well, I said it was improving. I never watched a reverse battle royal for TNA, though. You never watched two seconds of TNA, so you don't even know. Come on. You, I haven't watched, watched, you haven't watched wrestling in a decade. I remember one time we reviewed a episode of TNA, and you didn't watch the episode. <laughs> so I reviewed it by myself <laughs> while you sat there. I don't recall that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian. Do you have your number one worst Gimmick match I, in history ever. I do, but before we get to that, there's one more I, I got to mention, and I don't even know if it could be considered a match. Maybe, it, it, but it's really fucking stupid, and hopefully it's not your number one <laughs> that I'm stealing here. But the monster truck sumo <laughs> battle between Hulk Hogan and the Giant that had no repercussions. Like, like just going well, into death. Well, going into it, though, the rules of it, there was no, like... You'd have to win that to like be eligible to like win the world title match later. They just had this monster truck battle on the roof, and then they just wrestled later. Uh, yes, the giant was murdered and thrown off of the building and then came back from death to win the world title later on that evening. But just a stupid monster truck battle for... with Again, like why? Like what did the winner get? Ultimately, like say the giant wasn't thrown to his death tragically which he really wasn't <laughs> what would have been like if there was like a clear winner without death what do they get bragging rights <sighs> brian so and a really cool truck so stupid so that i i wanted to mention that but you want me to get to my number one mike sure do it all right buddy this match actually got a couple people fired from ah Believe it or not. I actually listened to a piece of it talked about this week by Eric Bischoff on his podcast. Uh, but I'm talking about the King of the Road match. And I, uh, I've i got like a little description here. And I remember watching this. And, and they just kept cutting to Dustin Rhodes and the Blacktop Bully. Yes. Uh, fighting on a flatbed truck. A moving flatbed truck. Yes. Down a like one lane highway. So, yeah, the concept of this match, Mike, was these guys, Dustin Rhodes, Blacktop Bully, fighting on the back of a moving semi-truck, and to win it, you had to ring a bell. Ah, I like that. (laughs) Ding, ding. So, I mean, now, again, you have another match that it's just fucking dangerous. Like, just absolutely dangerous. Like, the risk that they are putting these guys at is just ridiculous i mean i mean god forbid something would have happened here like it, it just 
unreasonable risk. I, I have a big problem with unreasonable risk. The concept of the match is dumb, but also they can't do anything because they're on a fucking truck that's going like 60 miles an hour. I'll tell you one thing they can do. What's that? They can bleed. <laughs> yes, yes, they can. <laughs> yeah, famously, uh, this match, I guess, kind of led to the creation of Gold Dust. Yeah, yeah, basically, essentially. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Dustin Rhodes, Blacktop Bully, and then I believe Mike Graham, who was the agent. was the agent of the match, all got fired because there was blood in the match, and apparently there was a strict edict of no blood in WCW, and so all participants in the match were fired. And and here's the thing. It was pre-taped. Yes. It wasn't live. This didn't come <laughs> out on TV live. They could have just decided, okay, that didn't work. We won't air that. Or we'll redo it. Just don't yeah, bleed this time. Exactly. <laughs> so instead, they air it as is and say, you weren't supposed to do that, so you're gone. If only they could have known ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's WCW. I don't think they really watched this thing back. But the foolishness of WCW did lead to the creation of one of the greatest characters in the history of pro wrestling, the Goldust character, ironically still going today in 2019. Yeah. Who would have known? The, the WCW King of the Road match, number one on my list, led to the creation of Gold Dust. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Brian, you nearly gave me a heart attack. Uh-oh. Because you gave your number one. You said King of the... And I nearly died. Because my number one is a King of the match. But it's not King of the Road. It is the King of the Mountain match. Oh, okay. From TNA. Another one of these things, just like the Reverse Battle Royal, where they unnecessarily tweak the rules, reverse the rules, change the rules around, just to make it more complicated and, in turn, more stupid. So this, this is, I think I know which one you're talking about here. Is this the one where you have to climb up the ladder to put the belt onto the loop? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. The concept of the match is a ladder match, and to win the match, you have to grab the belt, set up the ladder, take the belt up the ladder, and hang it to win. So you're not a big fan of reverse concept? No. You're not no, a, you're so, catching on, Brian. So if they had like a reverse table match, you would you would hate that. How, do, how would that work? I'm not sure. How about I broke, a I broke a table, you you <laughs> cobble it, it, you together. fix it. <laughs> That'd be great. What about a reverse cage match? I, I don't know how we would do that either. You'd start on the outside, first person to climb in and wins. I, I guess. No, that yeah, that pretty much stinks. <laughs> but yes, the reverse ladder match essentially king of the mountain match of course jeff jarrett got his nickname in tna king of the mountain jeff jarrett it's j-e-double-f j-e-double-f-whatever <laughs> he's back by the way brian i don't know if you know we don't he's talk back, about baby. the current stuff uh, very often but he's back baby um so yes the king of the mountain match yeah it's it's just trying to be different there's there's good different and there's different for the sake of different and this feels different for the sake of different and the, i mean just evident by the final moment of the match where you hang the belt up the bell rings then you grab the belt down <laughs> and hold it up <laughs> that i mean just that little sequence right there just shows you how foolish the entire match concept is <laughs> hang the belt Take a beat, take a beat, take a beat. Grab the belt down again. Where does the belt start? 
That I don't know. That's what I want to know. Like, where does the belt start? Is it just like laying on the ground in the middle of the ring? Maybe I should look it up. <laughs> Five minutes later. Okay, Brian, I just took a quick peek on Wikipedia, and this is more convoluted than I even realized. <laughs> it's not as simple as just grabbing a belt, running up a ladder, and hooking it to the hook. Okay, let's hear Okay, it. listen to this. There's five competitors in the match, first of all. Five. In this King of the Mountain match. Okay. They all start out ineligible to win. Uh, okay. In order to become eligible to win, a wrestler must score a pinfall or submission on an opponent, any of the other four. The opponent who submits or is pinned is forced to spend two minutes in a penalty box. Okay. More than one wrestler can be in this penalty box at once. This often results in wrestlers fighting inside the penalty box. Okay. Once you become eligible, Brian, then the wrestler may win the match by retrieving the match's prize, usually a championship belt, and hanging it on a hook suspended above the ring with the aid of a ladder. An official maintains possession of the belt and circles the ring, staying out of the way of the action as much as possible. When a wrestler wishes to hang the belt, he must retrieve it from the official... Once the belt is in play, any other wrestler who is eligible, Brian, may attempt to steal the belt and hang it. Once the belt has been dropped and no wrestler is attempting to hang it, a referee returns the belt to the official. Whew. Have you ever heard of like the like the, the elevator like theory? Like if pitching something, it's called like an elevator speech if you interview for a job or if, if you have an idea, it's like an elevator pitch. Share, Brian. So elevator pitch is like, if it's not easy enough to explain in an elevator ride, it's too difficult. Ah. Like, because this is like, I mean, that was what? I felt like that was 20 minutes. You reading the rules of that. <laughs> Probably was. I mean, I went into this knowing the concept of the reverse ladder match. And I mean, I had forgotten about all this other shit. Penalty boxes involved, <laughs> ladders, hooks, referees holding belts in their possession. If they drop the belt, then the referee may grab it again. Then you have to grab it from the referee. You can steal the belt from the guy once he has uh, it. Only if he's eligible, though, Brian. Only if he's eligible. I know why you don't like this match. Because you would have had to do something if you were the official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love those ladder matches where you just sit there on a knee outside the ring. Yeah, this is that's Jesus. Yeah, that's that's an interesting match. How do you even keep track of that? Like, if you're a fan and in the excitement of like, I wouldn't be able to keep track of like. Oh, there's probably graphics all over the screen with all five guys, and the guys that are <laughs> eligible are highlighted in green. The guys that are ineligible are highlighted in red. Plus, they got you know numbers next to them, or the number of times they've grabbed the belt, and the number of times then they got the two minute warning for the penalty box. I'm sure the screen is just full of garbage. <laughs> Holy Moses, King of the Mountain match. Why do I feel good about my number one, <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's a good number one pick. <laughs> that's a good number one pick. So gimmick matches. Uh, they can be a good thing. Sometimes, though, Brian, they just get a little too cute for their own good, don't they? <laughs> and if Mike Crockett's around, don't do any reverse stuff. Yes, pretty simple, Brian. All right, we want your feedback, folks. We want to know what your least favorite gimmick match is. Give us your worst specialty matches. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. Let us know. Use the hashtag WPAN. Also, you can call the voicemail line, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And last week, we had a voicemail from Brian Fury where he... Uh, shared something that I didn't understand at the time. I do understand now. Just want to put that out there that uh, Brian quoted a movie, a famous movie, one of my favorites as a child, 
Pee-wee's Big Adventure when he was oh, talking about... Showed you're a big fan of it. <laughs> well, we played the voicemails on this little iPhone speakerphone, Brian, and I couldn't hear clearly what he was saying. So he was talking about that's 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 what you're going with. That's what I'm going with. That's 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 yeah. That's your excuse. That's my this, excuse. This is like the equivalent of like when some celebrity tweets out stupid crap or something, and they say, "I was hacked. I was hacked." Like that. This is the equivalent of my that. ears were hacked, oh, Brian. Essentially, boy. what a load of shit. So I, I apologize, Brian, if you're. I didn't mean to make you look like a fool for uh, doing this whole thing, and then me saying, "Yeah, no, I don't, d- don't worry, Brian Fury. He didn't make you look like a fool. He made himself look like a fool." Of course, he's talking about uh, Jeff Hardy when he's talking about the law, and it was Pee Wee Herman and Mickey talking about the law, <laughs> the law, the law. You remember that part? No. Okay. Now I, feel <laughs> I, was, like, a, I was a mere child. <laughs> now I feel like Brian Fury last week probably <laughs> listened to the podcast. All right. Well, for- I mean, uh, you know, I, I didn't hear you clearly, Mike. Now I know, and I remember. There you go. 401-584-9726. That is the number. Leave us a voicemail. How about listening to Booking the Territory? That's something else you can do for us. Our good friend Mike Mills, plus our buddy Harper and Doc Turner, take a listen to Booking the Territory. Twice a week, they put out new podcasts on Sundays and Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com is the place you want to go to to find all things Booking the Territory. Our Vantage Point with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Every Monday, right after this podcast, you can listen to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast ovppodcast.com and they talk about all things classic professional wrestling greetings from allentown is another podcast you really should check out our friend pw peter winson he looks at one single episode of wrestling television each and every week and uh basically gives him an excuse to talk about all his own stuff uh, going to college drinking at the bruins games going to weddings with his wife it's just an excuse, really, to talk about all that stuff. But he ties it all back into wrestling at the end. So check out Greetings from Allentown on his own feed of the Pro Wrestling Only feed on Place to Be Nation. Finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Troy, all the rest over there at the Rundown Wrestling Network. RundownWrestling.com is the place to go to find out about all the shows, so many shows on that feed. So check out that and enjoy. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways and the airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler dates. Yeah, I returned my I actually got the rest of February off. How about that? Take a load off, Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm available for booking, so if anybody out there wants to book the Kingpin, uh, Brian Malonis uh, at Comcast.net or slide into those DMs, but uh, the next time I'll be in action, Mike, is Sunday, March the 3rd, 4 p.m. bell time. I'll be wrestling for Live Prov- Providence Wrestling Party on uh, Facebook, uh, so go ahead and find that for ticket and card information. I believe tickets are just $10 to this, uh, this great event, so I'll be wrestling a young and up-and-coming uh, fella out of that area, AJ Phoenix, so uh, I'm not too familiar with AJ, so I guess I, guess I got to study up ahead of time, but uh, I hear good things, and uh, you know I'm going to crush his dreams. <laughs> just <laughs> pin him and destroy his uh, life. Of course, I'm not doing the job, Mike. No, no, no. You're yeah, an ROH contracted wrestler. That's right. So then, Mike, you're not allowed to. It's in the contract, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not me. It's <laughs> I don't mind jobbing. <laughs> exactly. You're on TV. Yeah. Come on. 
then Mike, I'm heading to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada for Ring of Honor's International TV taping on Saturday night, March the 16th. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Really looking forward to having some time in Vegas. The last time I went to Vegas, I was there for 12 hours. So looking forward to being there for a couple of days. Uh, I will be in the house for Ring of Honor's 17th anniversary on Friday night, March the 15th. Uh, not on the pay-per-view, but I am looking forward to seeing it in person. Uh, that's on Honor Club if you're so inclined. But I'll be there for the TV tapings. And then, Mike, the big one, Astromania, March 30th, Saturday night, March 30th, Derry, New Hampshire, AstromaniaLSW.com. The Bouncers take on the Logan Brothers. Chase Del Monte will be there. Cam Zagami will be there. Todd Sopel will be there. Vern Vicalo will be there. Robo the Punjabi Lion will be there. And so many more. Very excited for that one. And then the very next day, Mike, I'll be heading to Baltimore, Maryland ah. uh, for for Ring of Honor again for another live event on the road to this. It. That is the last stop on the road to G1 Supercard. So that'll be taking place on Sunday, March the 31st, ROHWrestling.com for tickets and streaming information. Streaming information. That's a new one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm expanding the repertoire. All right. Well, if you want to book the King Penner, your upcoming event... Email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. He already said this, but I'll say it again. Or you can DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. Brian, this week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1996. And we are going back to the southern United States. It is World Championship Wrestling, WCW. And let's go to this very brief promo from... Your favorite wrestler of all time, Brian. The immortal Hulk Hogan and his best friend, at this time known as the Booty Man. Oh, boy. This week's promo about nothing. This Monday, Hulkamania's got a brand new move. And we're going to show out a really good booty. Hey, Hulk, can he be my boyfriend? I like that. So apparently Hogan is pimping out Kimberly, the booty babe. <laughs> what do you mean? Kimberly, well, first of all, you got uh, Hogan and the booty man, Ed Leslie, standing there. And Kimberly pops up from the bottom of the screen. What are you implying? It's slightly suggestive, Kingpin. <laughs> I would a, I would have opted a, for something else. To a pervert like yourself, yes. I would have opted maybe she appears behind them somehow, but she just kind of pops up from their nether regions. <laughs> All right. And asks, Hulk, can he be my boyfriend? This is 11 seconds, mind you. This It's just a little bumper from WCW Saturday Night promoting the next Monday's Nitro. They're just trying to have fun. So much in this 11 seconds. <laughs> Why does she ask Hogan, can he be my boyfriend? Well, everybody knows that that uh, <laughs> Brother Brutai can't make a move without the Hulkster proving it. I mean, that it goes without saying. <laughs> Point taken. I, mean, I, don't think he's pimp, I don't think he's pimping out Kimberly. I think he's pimping out Brutus. <laughs> <laughs> you may be correct there. You may be right. Let's talk about... Brutus, Brother Brutai, the man with no name, Brutus Beefcake, the Butcher, the Zodiac, Beefcake, Baba, <laughs> the Booty Man has one line in this 11 seconds. Yes, he does. And he says, And we're going to show you how to really good booty. And we're going to show you how to really good booty. I, I, th I thought I heard we're going to sit on some really good booty. <laughs> and we're going to show you how to really good booty. That's what I heard. 
Huh. Either way, I didn't hear anything good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what he's trying to say. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Want to play? Let's play one more time, Mike. And we're gonna say a really good movie. I, I don't know. I literally don't know what he said there. Does anybody know Ed Leslie? Can can somebody get in touch with him? Does he know what he said here? Well, I think it works with the T, right? <laughs> I think at one point. He did work for a little while until they found a substance, right? <laughs> yes, they did. And and Hulkamania has a new move. What is this? I don't I don't know. You know, I was I was on a couple of shows with, with Brutus Beefcake, and I will say, not the nicest fella to no? be around. No, just very like drunk. <laughs> he was uh, drinking beers in an elementary school, so <laughs> <laughs> he brought his own. I would gather, right? He did. Yes, he did. So Hulkamania has a new movement. Maybe it was the high knee, which was Booty Man's well, move. That's, that's the Booty Man's move, not not Hulk Hogan's. But maybe Booty Man represents Hulkamania. I don't think so, Mike. What new move in 1996 was Hulk Hogan doing? Let's be honest. Maybe he's alluding to uh, the move to the NWO. Or maybe he's alluding to making the moves on Kimberly. No, he likes her. Likes the idea of her being the the booty man's uh, girlfriend. I still how, think how gorgeous is Kimberly here? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I found her uh, Playboy spread quite uh, nice back in the day as a youth. <laughs> uh, I thought you were twenty. I, thought you, when I was I thought, twenty. I thought you got Playboy <laughs> just for the articles. <laughs> no, there was there were no articles in this one. It was a. Uh, a like a picture book. Oh, this is the one. That's why you had it, right? Yeah. You can't read. Essentially. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, just, Hulk, can he be my boyfriend? What? We're spending like 10 minutes breaking down an 11-second promo, by the way. <laughs> you nailed it, by the way. Yeah, she knows better than you have to ask Hogan's Hulk's permission Hulk's the boss, for. of course. Creative control. Do you remember when Brutus and Hogan were feuding recently? I guess Brutus uh, buried him in his book. And I think they're okay on decent terms now, but there was uh, some lean times between these two best friends recently. I, I don't know anything about it, but I uh, I just know of the rumor and innuendo of their relationship through the years, and and the Hulkster taking care of them and getting them jobs and getting them pushed and get him Kimberly. Yes, yeah, but I will say though, Brutus Beefcake, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was. One of the most over baby faces in uh, the WWF. I liked him. Yeah, I loved him. I thought he was great. Strutting and cutting, baby. Like a couple of times, I thought he was going to get the Intercontinental title, but uh, they did the whole thing with Ron Bass that led to the Warrior winning the championship, and he never got to that uh, level. But he was, yeah, he was definitely over for a guy in the WWF in the mid 80s. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, well, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to that. Little short video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right, Brian, we will be back here next Monday for episode 148 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>